Chapter 2. Wise Men Visit the King After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the earth arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all of the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among of the rulers of Judea, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them, at the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me, so that I can too go worship him. Verse 9. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until they came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy, entering the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented with him the, the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in, the, in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. This morning I'm privileged and honored to bring the word of God to us. And um, like I said a while ago, I'm standing in for a pastor, and um, this is that morning when we transition from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and like I said, everywhere around us is depicting Christmas. I'll be sharing with us this morning a subject matter that I've titled, Three Important Questions Before Christmas. There is a great need for you and I to answer these three very important questions before we celebrate Christmas. You know, there are questions that are important that we must consider. You know, some institutions will always ask you questions before you make decisions. And these are correct questions, tangible questions. And they do this because they want the best for you. You know, there are questions that are asked before you say, I do. You know, do you love this man? Do you love this woman? Would you keep her, treasure her? All of those questions, then you say, I do. All right. Another institution that asks questions is the court of law. You know, when you want to testify as a witness, you are asked, lift up your right hand, and um, do you promise to say the truth, nothing but the truth, the old truth, and you say, I do. And sometimes, even before the doctor gives you prescriptions, the doctor will say, um, do you normally get hungry before eating? You know, those types of questions. And you say yes, and then they give you prescriptions. So before we approach Christmas, these three questions must be asked. And you know, I have come to learn that how we celebrate Christmas may differ, but Jesus is the reason for the season. In some countries, Christmas is celebrated as a community. In some climes, Christmas is celebrated 
as an individual thing. But there is something about Christmas. It's Jesus. You know, food, culture, and everything. So today, I would be asking that we consider three essential questions, and I would want us to consider, consider answering it. We read from Matthew chapter 2, from verse 1 to 12. And I know this text is not new to us. Most times we read, and oh, the wise men and all. Matthew chapter 1 spoke about the genealogy of Christ and his infancy. Then chapter 2 um, reveals the visit of the wise men to worship the king. And these wise men, some other versions of the Bible calls them Magi. And these wise men, not legible enough, knew the times. And through the readings of the star, they came to know that a king had been born. So they followed the star to Jerusalem. And their first point of call was the palace. And you know, this often happened to us too. And I would, I would dwell on that in a few minutes when I am looking at the wise men. They were following the star from the east. But when they got to Jerusalem, they abandoned the star and they followed their common sense. That if a king was born, where should the king be? In the palace. So they turned and they went into the palace. And then they told King Herod that they were looking for he that was born king of the Jews. And Herod was troubled. The entire Jerusalem was troubled with him because nobody was born in his home as a king. And then he gathered together the chief priests and the scribes and he asked them about this. And one thing I saw here, people of God, is that the chief priests and the teachers were able to give information from what had been written in the Old Testament. Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2 and 4, spoke about the coming of Jesus. I also want you to know this, that between the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi and Matthew, were 400 years where God did not speak to his people, not by revelation, not by dream, not by prophecy. Those 400 years are called the intertestamental period. So for 400 years, God did not speak to his people, but God remains faithful. He fulfilled what he said. And that was why they could refer to Micah. And so Micah spoke about a, a child, a born king in Bethlehem of Judah, and he shall be the ruler who will shepherd the people of Israel. And so Herod called these men and told them, all right, let me know when you discover him. Bring me report so that I can worship him to verse 8. And these men went on their way and they saw the same star and they rejoiced. And then they saw the child when the star led them to where he was and they bowed to worship him and they gave him gifts. Now, this account is very important to us because we have a lot to learn. And today we will be learning from these wise men. 
we will glean and follow the wise men and look into our lives. Number one, this wise man journeyed from a far distance. The journey took them a long period of time because they were in search of the person that was born king. Do you know today people also travel far to seek knowledge? Even some for pilgrimage. Some, they just want to satisfy curiosity. But these wise men journeyed far because they wanted to see he who was born the king of the Jews. At a point, they were distracted and they stopped following the star. They followed their senses. They went into the palace. But the good thing about their going to the palace was we were able to see how the Old Testament prophecy connected with fulfillment. So we saw the faithfulness of God and the fact that whenever God speaks, he fulfills it. Permit me to digress. Is there anything the Lord had told you in his words through his servants? Is there anything the Lord had ministered to your heart that he will do? He will do it. He is not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. It took 400 years of silence, but he fulfilled it. So they got the needed information they needed from men, but when they got out of the palace, the star was still there. The Bible says they saw the star and they rejoiced. They were happy and glad because it means they were still in the right direction. All right, let me also pause here. How many of you had ever journeyed and you found yourself in the middle of nowhere, but the GPS kept telling you, go forward. And you continue to drive in your mind. You are, okay, I know I am lost, but the GPS is saying, turn right, then turn left, you know? But eventually what happens? You get there, and you're like, but this does not look like the normal way. So for these people, the star was the connection between their starting point and where the born king was. So they rejoiced when they saw the star. And they were led on till they saw the baby Jesus. So when they saw the baby, the scripture told us that this wise, knowledgeable man bowed down and worshipped. They worshipped this king, this child that was born as king. And then they gave him their gifts. The word of God told us in verse 11 that they opened their treasure and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then in verse 12, they were warned by God in a dream not to return back to Herod. And so they departed and they followed another route. So they were also obedient. So what are the three important questions we must answer before Christmas? Now, we know what is in Matthew chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12. It's time to answer the three questions. Question one, how far? Can you go for the sake of Jesus Christ? These wise men woke up in the morning. Probably they had their own schedules. 
Probably they had things planned out. But when they saw the star, everything that they had planned had to wait. And they followed the star until they got to Jerusalem. They went far. The first question you and I must answer before Christmas is how far can I go for the sake of Jesus? Let me tell you, the only method of God to reach mankind is through man. God will not send angels to come to this world to reach man. The desire of God is that you and I will go all the way out for the sake of the kingdom. And how do we do this? In our interactions with people. In being evangelists. In speaking the word of God. Sharing the gospel with others. How far are we willing to go in reaching out to our neighbors? Christmas is coming. Would we want to invite them to church? The truth is this. We must leave our comfort zones. Things don't just change by themselves. We must be agents of change. Now, if we want anything to change about our church, we must first be the change. So the question is, how far do you want to go for the sake of Christ in bringing the glory of God to this church in terms of multiplication? The question is this, do we want to stretch ourselves a bit to bring God joy or we just want to sit and continue to manage and mark time? Like I said, nothing will change until we change. So as we approach Christmas, I'd like you to start asking yourself, how far can I go? Can I give more? Can I extend more? Can I stretch more? These men went farther. Number two. When in verse 11, when they saw the baby, they bowed low and they worshipped. The second question is, how low can I bow for the sake of Jesus Christ? You know, this morning at the Bible study, we got to a point where we understood that most times when God is trying to reach believers, the believer had already made a wall around himself or herself that is difficult for God to penetrate. And oftentimes it's because of our pride. Many of us are so, so, so prone to saying no when the Lord asks us to do something. The answer in the kingdom is not no, Lord. It's always yes, Lord. So the question is, how low can you bow for the sake of Christ? If we choose to sit on our camels and expect that everything will flow, yeah, sometimes it does. Most times, it does not. And I'm grateful to God for everyone that is a part of the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary where we believe in the mission of everybody as a servant. 
the mission of everybody bowing low to serve. As we approach Christmas, as we seek the child that was born king of the Jews, there is need for you and I to stoop low and serve. And I'd like you to begin to ask yourself, for all the ministries in the church, where would the Lord want me to serve? And that the Lord will want us to serve. And do you know Jesus said, whoever wants to be great among you must first be your servant. The way up is down. This wise man knew, and I was why, they were willing to bow. You know, when you are wise, you have a tendency to be proud. Do you agree with me? People who are wise have this tendency to be proud. Why? Because they are knowledgeable. But this man knew they were coming before a king. The one whose name is wisdom. So they bowed low. The third question, very important. They opened their treasures and they gave gifts to the baby Jesus. Beloved, how much can I give for the sake of Jesus? And that's the third question. I know most times we don't like to hear about money. Most times preachers don't want to speak about money. But do you know, Jesus Christ spoke about money more than how much he spoke about heaven in the Bible. So, for this few minutes, allow me to also be like Christ. Let me speak about money. Where I came from, the part of the world where I came from, we have a saying that money is the wheel of evangelism. The wheel on which evangelism rides on is money. So where there, there is no money in the coffers of the church, evangelism does what? Breaks down. So the question is this, how much can I give for the sake of Christ? And when I say how much, money is just but a fraction. Let me tell you about three other things. Number one, your time. How much of your time can you give for the sake of Jesus? I know, uh, I've had this a couple of times that Americans don't give to the Lord more than one day in a week. And I'm like, okay, one day. And the Lord gives to you seven. You give him one. Your time is important. I appreciate that. But how much of your time can you give to the Lord? You know, it baffles me why if we have a flight to catch, we get to the airport two hours early. But if we want to come to church, we come late. The truth is this, if we will celebrate Christmas, there should be some changes. And one of it is, let's give the Lord more of our time. Number two, our talents. Listen to me and listen well. There is something you can do well here that no other person can do like you. Every one of us. There is something that you can do well that no one else here 
can do like you. But when you pull back or draw back from doing it, someone else will probably, but without a touch of excellence. Because you had pulled back from doing it. So the question is, would you give the Lord off your talents, your skills? You know, the Lord would want us to do this. And the third is our treasures. The word of God said they opened their treasures and they brought out gold. Wow. Gold. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Today, I like to ask of the treasures the Lord has blessed you with, how much can you give for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom, and for Jesus? Beloved, the Lord is not requesting too much from us. No. He's requesting a fraction. Really? No. He wants our haul. You see, immediately you give the Lord your haul, it becomes very, very easy to part with anything you have. And most times, we don't know that it desires that he stays in the center of our heart. If the Lord is not in the center of your heart, you won't be willing to go far. If it's not at the center of your heart, you will not be willing to bow low. If it's not at the center of your heart, you will not be willing to give your heart. And I'm going to tell you the story of the Christmas cream, and then I'm going to bring this brief charge to an end. Of course, you and I know that when we set up um, our nativity sets for Christmas, the baby in the crib is not Jesus. You know that, right? You know, right? Everybody we know, right? But we still treasure that crib as though the baby there is Jesus. All right. Sometimes ago, in a local church, they decorated everywhere. And they put a crib in the middle with a module of the baby Jesus. And people were coming to take pictures with the baby Jesus. They just had a Christmas night show. Somebody dressed as Mary. Somebody dressed as Joseph. You know, the wise men. And most times we make them three, right? Three wise men because they brought three gifts, okay? So after the, the play they decided to take a group photograph. So everybody lined in front of the altar with a Christmas crib with the baby Jesus there. So the pastor came, other pastors came, their wives, their kids, the elders, the youth, the students. So in the bid for everybody to, to show well in the picture, you know, they were pushing the Christmas crib, you know, it used to be here, and they were pushing the Christmas crib because I want to be in the middle. I want to show. They pushed the Christmas crib until by the time they took the picture and the picture was printed, 
the Christmas crib was out of the picture. Everybody was in the picture, beautiful, handsome, fine. Everybody was well suited in the picture, but the Christmas crib was out. The main reason for the picture was out. The question is, is this not the same about us when we celebrate Christmas year in, year out? That Jesus, the reason for the season, is being pushed away. And we make ourselves the center attraction to be celebrated. In fact, it's so bad that we even live in a world where people don't even want to say Merry Christmas anymore. You know, it went from Merry Christmas to Merry Xmas, as if the Christ is so heavy and our mouth is going to blow away if we mention it. And then it went to what? Happy Holidays. Because we feel that the reason for the season is not worth to be celebrated. So, beloved, where would you put Jesus this Christmas? Where? Would you push him aside? Or would you put his name on your lips as you share the gospel of peace with other people? The challenge is you may need to do more. So today, I hope I've been able to pass across that which the Lord has laid on my heart. That this Christmas should not be like every other Christmas. Please, do more. Go farther. Stretch yourself a bit for the kingdom. Please, stoop low. Serve. Please, give. Give your best. You know, we also know that Christmas is a time of giving, you know, exchanging gifts and all of that. Give. And also remember that the church is going to close the account for the year. And it's that time when we should give to God for missions and for evangelism. May the Lord depend on you. May the Lord depend on me. May the Lord depend on us. Would you please bow your heads as we pray? I know that Christmas story is not new. But I want to believe that the Lord had spoken to you in a manner and a fashion that is clear. Can you just speak to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to be able to make decisions in following you this Christmas. I need you to be able to go far out of my normal schedule for the sake of the kingdom and for this church. I need you to be able to serve in a way I have not since the beginning of the year. I need your strength. I need your help. And can you pray for grace to be able to give more than what you have been given before now? My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. Can you trust him to supply your need as you give for the sake of the gospel, as you give for the kingdom? 
And now this is going to be the last question. Where would you put Jesus this Christmas? Would you allow him to take the central part of your heart? So that it will be easy for him to direct you and lead you. Or would you push Jesus aside? The message of Jesus is coming to you again. If you are here, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, it is time to do so. It's time to allow him to take the center part of your heart. Will you do that today? I will be here. Elijah is going to be at the back. You could come to us, speak to us, and we would gladly lead you to Christ. Or if there is an area of prayer you would want to pray, us to pray together with you, we will be willing to do that. And as the choir sing, I also want to ask us that we should reflect on our lives and our hearts as we transition to the season of communion, that our hearts may be made right with God. I'd like to pray with you. Dear Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your words to us. Thank you because we know the ancient words are ever true. We ask for grace that your word will change us, that we will go far for you, that we will stoop low in obeying you, and we will give more. Thank you, wonderful Father. We love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.